0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Sully's Open Conversation, the show that aims to have an unfamiliar conversation in a familiar environment. I've taken the fairly short trip down to Crawley to come and meet today with Mark. Hello, Mark. Hello, mate. (laughs) How are you doing? Uh, Not bad, mate. (laughs) So, me and Mark actually got in touch through the Mental Mental, Health Matters Hub, wasn't it? Yeah. That has been created by Jenny, Rayner and... Stew, I Yes, it was, wasn't it? Emma. Yeah, and uh, yeah, um, that is a, a forum discussion, um, signposting for help uh, for mental health um, and illness. Uh, so, if you'd like to introduce yourself, Mark.
1: Well, I'm um, Mark. I'm 62 years old. Um, I've lived in Crawley for about 30 years, um, and I currently work at a Farfield um, Secure Mental Health Facility, which. We've just had the conversation <laughs> Which, actually, yes, is quite funny, so now, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Mark, Mark works at the hospital that I was admitted into at the end of 2021, so as soon as he mentioned Farmfield, I knew exactly what he was talking about. <laughs> um, so also how we like to start the show, Mark, if you have one particular <laughs> positive experience that you have heard, seen or done recently.
1: Positive experience, I managed to get to the gym today, I'm so keep you simple. Perfect. Perfect.
0: I'm yet to do that, so right. <laughs> you got one up on me. <laughs> um, so, actually, obviously, this is the first time we've met. Um, yeah. And for all the viewers out there, kind of, would you mind going through your experiences? God, like, from...
1: um, oh, really? <laughs> Where show. do you start? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's... Oh, right. Uh, right. So, um, I am three years sober. I'm four Amazing. years clean of drugs. Um, I tried to take my life twice in 2003, so this year is the 20th anniversary. Um, that's by the by. Um, so I've struggled with mental health for, for 20 years. Wow. Um, I've only just been diagnosed as having PTSD uh, from my army uh, career. Wow. Um, so. I'm now getting under Opcourage, which is a National Health uh, Veterans um, project. Oh, oh
0: brilliant.
1: Now I'm now getting specific therapy from that, which helps. But the, the main kudos that I, I go out to mm. will be the Lucy Rayner Men's Support Group, which I've been going to for about the last three years. So, uh, uh, filling, filling the gap. Um tried to take my life twice. I was very lucky. Um, in that I never got sectioned because it was 2003 and the mental health act 2005 hadn't come in yet. Oh wow. So oh. I was quite lucky I didn't get sectioned and I was just like sort of given a ticking off and then booted out of hospital. Um, it, it then, um, I then spent 20 years drinking and drugging uh, and until my mate Stu said to me, "Just he said, mate, he said, why don't you just come down to our support group? And I sort of went. Ah, you're right. And he, and he badgered me and badgered me, and I eventually turned that one Tuesday night. And I sat there for about three weeks on a trot, pissed, <laughs> not saying anything, just like that's ah, just nonsense. Mm. And then gradually, it's it's not like epiphany, but gradually, when people there are going through the same thing that you're going through, or same experience, or whatever it is, whether it's drink, drugs, mental health, whatever, yeah, you then start catching on and mm-hmm. you start going, there's something in this, there's something in there saying. And then you realize that you've got to, ch- it's, it's, it's very, there's no specific moment where you suddenly go, oh yeah, light bulb, that's it. I know exactly what to do now. Mm. You just like know that you think I'm, you know, I was 17 stone. Wow. Type two diabetic, high blood pressure, three bottles of wine a day, 500 wow. pound of cocaine a week the math, I'm like, I'm on the way out, so I've sort of, without sounding too egotistical, I've sort of like totally changed, switched it,
0: yeah, me, yeah there's switched there's it some, around, I'm now sort of
1: four stone lighter, I go to the gym most days, I box, I haven't had a drink, I don't touch drugs, I've had, I've had my teeth done. Lovely. <laughs> Not in Turkey, i had done it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's, that's that's a
0: massive switch around from the life that you were living to the life that you live now.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't. Oh, it, 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 yeah, I think you have to be a bit humble about it. Mm. Know, people in the group go, "Oh, no, it's amazing what you've done," and I sort of go, "Like, no, it was common sense at the end of the day. It's, <laughs> you know, it was just you had to, you have to get your head in the right place. Mm. I don't know if you agree with me or not, but if your head's not in it, if... You've got to change your behaviour. Yes. One hundred percent. Beforehand is leading you into one direction, mm-hmm. and nothing changes. You're still drink, drugs. Yeah, you know, you're going self-destruct, self-destruct. Yeah. You have to change your behaviour, and you have to like just sort of go. Oh, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to go down that road. I mean, I was getting, I was getting, I got arrested in 2014. I got arrested in 2017 assault public order. The, all these stupid little things, and you're sitting there going mate you're going one place here you're going you're going to prison or you're going to end up in that life where you're just pissed in a pub and the old bill walk past and go there he is he's a troublemaker, that bum and you know you're not contributing you know Mm. I had a I was a high function alcoholic I had a really I was (laughs) I'll never be put off by flying out of Gatwick Airport but I was a terminal manager at Gatwick Airport, oh, really? even though
0: oh. I was on the salts all the time. Um, so Don't be the, put off. <laughs> it's, it, <you> know, <laughs> it's, yeah, but, but that's what high functioning is, and I think that's yeah. a really interesting point, and that's uh, high functioning comes in with the pa- fa- fact of masking as well. Yeah. So actually you can look in the workplace as though you've got it all together, when actually behind the scenes that's...
1: I didn't. <laughs> I just acted like I did and, and that was, you know, if you act apart, you look apart. Yeah. That's what it, most of it was just bluff and, and you know, I was like crying out inside and that was the that was the worst thing was crying out inside and like no one could hear you, no mm. one understood. And it's right, so, of course, no one understood because they had no idea what I was going through. But, you know, you was like crying out for like, please stop. I've got to stop this. I've got to stop this. I'm killing myself. I'm killing myself and even when I did try to kill myself I fell miserably which doesn't I don't know how you feel but it, it doesn't help mm. you know it's not um it's not something that you sort of like go oh well yeah I tried that it didn't work so I'll try something else it, you know you just makes you feel worse yeah. at the end of the day yeah and as again I think it's been pointed out quite rightly there is no help there is nothing there you know and I work in the mental health system with NHS patients and we, we do our best for them, but sometimes I've got guys that come in at my ward that really, they're just homeless. Not mental health patients, but mm. they've got no rules to stick them, so they stick them in a mental health hospital, and you're sort of going like, really? Like, that's not going to help anyone. It's not, mate, yeah, it? yeah, and yeah. the people that do need <clears throat> help just literally that's get... That's
0: stopping them from getting yeah, the help that they need.
1: Yeah, bed-blocking, or they come in and we just medicate them. Yeah. And like, I'm... Um, how can I put this? I believe therapy is better than medication
0: 100 yeah that's what i always say so medication certainly for me so i'm still on antidepressants but right. it's very much a way of coping from day to day um whereas the therapy has been the deep-rooted long-term change that uh, ultimately and you were talking about your behaviors and your behaviors are actually reflected in your thoughts so when your thought process is so damaging it's the therapy that allows you to change that thought process to then allow you to change your behaviours. You have and that to understand
1: what, sorry, I didn't mean to butt no, you have to, it's a bit like the your box, you know, your attitude reflects your behaviour, which reflects someone else's attitude, which reflects their behaviour. Exactly. You have to understand what's going on inside your head. You have to like, you know, when, when people, I'm, the therapy I'm going through at the moment. I've done CBT. I'm now going through. I've done a light bulb course. I'm now going through one one face to face therapy. Right. And once you start understanding how your brain works, your hippocampus, which is your memory bank in your brain, and you understand why you keep getting these flashbacks and why you keep getting these negative thoughts, because it all comes from a memory, yeah. childhood, adult, young adult, mature adult, whatever it is. That once you start understanding. You start joining the dots, and you go, fucking hell, That's why that's I do what, that. Exactly. That's why I do it. So it's almost a revelation, that, isn't I it? I won't do that. <coughs> and you start understanding it. And once you start understanding it, then it, it doesn't become easier. But you just but you're a, aware of it. Yeah, you you're have then a logical aware of it. way of thinking about it.
0: One hundred. And and it's interesting. So I've just started. Uh, so I've been diagnosed with complex PTSD, mm-hmm. and uh, I've just started rounds of EMDR therapy. Have you heard? Oh, have you heard of EMDR movement. Exactly tapping tapping your neck. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, like, like similar to your therapy, they've once you would be able to understand what it's doing. So she's explained to me prior to actually doing the EMDR. She made me allowed me to understand exactly what it is with PTSD in the brain. Because essentially, what it is is that such a traumatic event and that could be either they call it big t which is one large singular event Mm -hmm. or they call them little t's which is like multiple tiny multiple smaller events that lead into this big kind of trauma and what happens in the brain is that especially during sleep so during our REM sleep is when we are able to process the emotion of the memory and therefore store it as a memory rather than just an event And what happens when through trauma is that you can't reach the REM sleep in order to process that trauma into a memory and store it away. So it's still in your mind Mm -hmm. as this raw emotional event. And that's where you get the flashbacks. That's where you get the feelings of re-experiencing it. So what EMDR does is it mimics the REM sleep to then put you in a position where you're, you can then recite the trauma, process it emotionally, store it away as a memory, and then hopefully you're far better capable of handling that trauma later on. It's,
1: it's a bit, yeah, it's, it's, it's Jordan Peterson does some work on this. And he, he says, you know, you're just, you know, the memory is like a big pothole in front of you and you don't want to go into that pothole. So mm. you keep avoiding it. And yep. avoidance is part of the problem because if you keep avoiding it, you don't,
0: not facing it head-on. There's yeah. no, there's no dealing with it. It's yeah. just, it's still there. Yeah, it's you're there. just I'm, trying to find ways just, to distract yeah, yourself. You're just going around it Ex- and,
1: and doing this. And yeah, you know, I mean, it's, yeah, you know, I'm an addictive personality, so mm. I can quite easily get addicted. or well, I did quite easily get addicted to drink and drugs. And all. all I've done now is I've changed my addiction, so I'm now addicted to the gym. You've shifted cured. it onto something yeah. more positive, though. Yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah. I've done it, but I'm still addicted to something. And that's what you, you've got to uh, accept, and you've got to accept how you are and how you're built, mm. and then try and work your way through life and navigate your way through life, with knowing that you are an addicted person and knowing that there are many pitfalls out. So you go, right, you know, I don't smoke anymore, but I'm now addicted to a vape. A vape, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's better for it's you. Sh- it's shifting. But yeah. it's, I've just shifted the addiction <laughs> somewhere else, and that's like... You no. Know, it, it, something you've just got to cope with, really.
0: And, and uh, interestingly enough as well, they say there's a very strong link between addiction and, and trauma. So it's... Yeah, I would imagine that. <laughs> like people are addicted to trauma and drama, aren't they? And, <laughs> and, and toxic relationships, and that's... And, a lot of it, stuff but that's there. exactly... It's exactly that. I, I, there was an episode last week where the girl was saying that one of her friends, she was in an abusive relationship, but because it's almost... A show of affection, I suppose, in a strange way, that they get addicted to being treated like that, and therefore can't leave the relationship.
1: Any any form of attention, good or bad, is a form of attention. So some people, and I'm not being judgmental here in any way, but some people will 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 gravitate toward be abusive, or or gaslighting, mm. but they're getting attention. It's like a naughty little kid. They're still getting attention. So they're quite happy with that. Well, they're not happy with Whether it. Whether it's but good or bad. They're put up with that attention. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's you know, it's probably... Oh, society, you know... It, I feel... I've felt guys like you, personally. Because I see so many guys your age coming into my world. And I'm sitting there thinking, Christ almighty, like, you know what I mean? It, it, people used to... It always used to... <laughs> Forgive me for standing old, but back in the day, young people didn't have mental health problems. No. It always used to be older people that seemed to get mental health problems, which is most probably dementia anyway, not a mental health problem. But now we're just getting so many guys that come into the wall and they're 20, yeah. 30. We've got three guys, three, four new guys that come to the group. One of them's 18. Really? One's 19. One's 30. And you're sitting there thinking like, oh, you should be living your best life.
0: So what, what 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 do you think has been the shift to mean that it started to more, be, become more prominent in younger age groups? Do you oh. think... I mean, social media, I, 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 I've identified as a real... <laughs>
1: Everyone's going to say social media, yeah. aren't they? Everyone's going to say that. And, and rightly or wrongly, the invention the internet was either a great thing or a bad thing, depending mm-hmm. on your point of view. But social media on one side young men how, how do you fucking cope being a young man in my day it was pretty easy you went to a pub and you got pissed and you got married and you did this this that and the other young men today they like don't know where they stand where what where do they go in in relationships women, you know we had this toxic masculinity allegedly you know just blokes just being blokes but it's, pointing out his toxic masculinity, and then we have these people that come on influence like Andrew Tate. Now, he doesn't resonate with me at all. I don't listen to him. But you can understand sometimes what he, what why he's saying why keep, why and why driving. young
0: men mm. will listen to him. Because they're looking for some sort of idol, guidance. they're looking for some sort of guidance. Yeah. Because uh, uh, at the moment, the only guidance right now for a young male um, and I think social media has an influence in that as well. It's kind of like if you're not making enough money, if you're not wearing nice clothes, brat, like nice cars, nice house, that's how that's how we're being judged by females essentially. Yeah. Can we provide? Yeah. And that's not to that's that's not obviously um, to say that 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 doesn't that there isn't a difference in that there isn't a change. However, when when you're forced into that kind of box. That's why people then start consuming content like Andrew Tate because it's like if I'm being pushed into that box, then I might as well start acting like it, yeah. which is the scary thing. Because it's almost as if we've 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 been seen to dominate society for so long that they now just want this pendulum to just swing the opposite way. Yeah, everything's going and it's too far, going against us, yeah. just completely it's, against us. It's, it's like, not working.
1: It's not working. Inequality. If if right. So Essex Police put out a recruitment campaign. Uh, they put it out the last week. They want to be the first police force in the country that has 50% um, uh, aim officers. Right. So it actually says on the recruitment poster, if you are the right... What does it actually say? I'm trying to find the right... Remember the right word. It says something along the lines, that if you are the right criteria, Mm. then you can apply. Meaning, if you're a white bloke... You can't apply so, so because they want fifty, percent and that's just discrimination. It, that it is, is just discrimination.
0: So it's not judging someone off the skills that, that they can oh. offer. It's it, it's quite literally profiling, yeah. which is illegal.
1: It's you think employment law would have pulled it up, but no one's actually pulled it up at the moment. It, it, Interesting. You know, it, it's like you know, people women talk about the male um, uh, the male dominance in in, in certain jobs. Yeah. You know, in in business, for example, and like you think, well, if, you know, if, if you want to be a plumber or a builder or an electrician or an outside worker, or a scaffolder, a, um, a window cleaner, nothing's stopping now. but mm. women don't want to do that. Mm. They don't want to do them sort of jobs. I'm not having a go at women here, but the women don't want to do that sort of job, so the men have to do that sort of job, and men traditionally work longer hours men don't get paternity leave but you know there's all these things that that aren't taken into the conversation and it's always seems to me you know that it's people you know women pointing the finger at men
0: without without without
1: white men and saying like without saying what else can, we can do yeah 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 and, it, you know, it just adds pressure on you all the time. It adds pressure on kids all the time because they're sort of like, you know, they're um, they getting a little bit political, I suppose. Right? <laughs> they're sort of like, you know, where's their place in society? Because they don't know where their place in society is. And
0: And... In terms of mental health-wise and emotion-wise, obviously, um, the stereotype for a man is kind of not showing the emotion and stoic
1: backbone. Yeah, not you know you, you can uh, you know you can talk you know you get people on podcast. I, I don't listen to mainstream media. I don't read the news or newspapers, but I will listen to podcasts. Hmm. You know Joe Rogan or, or someone like that, um, and they sort of they interview men down the gym, for example and they would say, who do you go to if you need help? Who do you go to? Who's your go-to person? And and most of the blokes, and they're young guys. You know, they're all under 30, and they go, no one, because no one cares. No one's interested. No one's interested about a man's problems. And it's just that society has taken that sort of turn where young men are just getting left behind and They're getting left out of conversation. They're getting left out of the door. If people come onto my ward, which is a male-only ward, fair enough. <laughs> and if they come onto my ward and I saw these blokes that are coming, and there's like nothing... I've got a copper on there, just come in from Harlow. I've got a young lad come in from Sheffield, Ryan, who's had a stroke seven years ago, and he really struggles because he's had a stroke, so he struggles speaking. They're not mentally ill all they need and I said to one of them I said all you need is a support group if they had a support group they wouldn't be in there they wouldn't be sectioned they wouldn't be trying to take their own life because they'd have a support group with with the whatsapp we have a whatsapp um, chat that you you know there's 20-30 guys an hour I do the zoom meeting on a Monday night there's a a live face to face on a Tuesday night so there's there's, for the blokes in our group there's, there's loads of help and support there not everyone gets that, and that's mm.
0: and that's what, and, and 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 that's what I love about the the growing um, appearance of uh, or, or the more and more it comes popular. Well, I don't want to say popular, but men's men's talking groups because that provides an environment and a space where we can actually get those get those problems out, and a lot of a lot of getting them out is is actually talking about it. Oh, um,
1: th- I, I totally agree with you, but at the end of the day, men will not talk about their emotions. If we all sit there, so there might be eight or nine of us sitting in this room mm. and Paul is the um, the, you know, the lead, he's a counsellor, and we'll all be sitting there thinking we're talking about our problems and Paul Turman, he does it every time and he goes, how does that make you feel? Yeah,
0: feel. yeah, yeah. And yeah. you
1: sit there and every single one of us does it, I do it all the time, I go, and you don't wanna say the word sad, lonely, isolated, scared, angry. You don't wanna say them words, so you just go like, oh fuck I have the right ump. No. How is it? Have make you, feel? you have to express the actual emotion. Yeah, you've got to express the emotion.
0: Yeah. Because is feeling isolated so isn't emo- it's not it's not an emotion. emotion sad and lonely is, is
1: that, you know, isolation, sad, lonely. Yeah. You know, but try to get us to say it. And even I've been going for three years and i Is been that because struggle. you've
0: never been taught how to, or you've never had to? Never,
1: never been taught how to. Yeah. I've never, ever, ever been taught how to. My mum can turn around and Oh, you tell me anything, son. No, I can't, mum. I wouldn't tell you about it. She knew about a drink, but she never knew about the drugs. I did that for years, and she still do not know it to this day. No, I was a but uh, I can't. No, no. Never, and never been able to do it.
0: Generationally, do you think that is improving? Or do you
1: think it's still yeah. it's? Because as I say, there are blokes eighteen years in. old. Yeah, I'm 62, The guy there is eighteen years old, and I'm like, And he can't say how he feels because mm. men we just can't say how we feel. I I, I I can't give you an answer why men just cannot. We answer a man and go. Oh, God, I feel I feel so lonely, I feel so sad, I feel like my worth you know, is, I feel valueless, I don't feel, you know, well, women can do it, they can when they bring their mate up and they start <laughs> having the chat, don't I? <laughs> How do you feel within yourself? And you're like, oh, and they reel it all off. Blokes sit there and go, fetch your point, I can't even do that now, fetch your copy,
0: <laughs> do, you think, do you think there could be quite an interesting twist um, and I'm not saying it's just solely down to women it should be men having that conversation with their friends as well but if women are known to be, have the more emotional conversations if they were to sat that, sit down with you a woman to, was to sit down with you and talk about emotions would that make you feel more comfortable or less?
1: No, less
0: Less comfortable
1: Because I'm a bloke I'm not, I'm not supposed to show that I've got a backbone, I've got a bit about me. that's a bit, a, I, I mean, mean that, that's I'm a, meant to be the stoic bloke. So if a woman comes and sits there, you know, if it's a woman here, I would find it quite difficult to say what I'm saying now. But because you're a bloke and because you're doing the podcast and, and you know, there's a, a shared interest there, I find it a, lot, a little bit easier to open up. Yeah, but if it's a yeah. woman, I'll be sitting there going, What stop oh, stop me there, son. Don't say that. Because you're going to look like a white lemon. and You're going to (laughs) look weak, and you look like less of a man. So
0: this is so, and that's that's kind of what toxic masculinity is: is that showing weakness is a bad thing, or showing emotion is a weakness, and
1: it's not. It's not. It's not. And it's not. You're absolutely right. It is not. But you've got to tell your brain it's not.
0: And well, that's what society is ingrained in us, is saying yeah. that as a man you have to be macho, you have to not show emotion, you have to be strong, you have to be, show all these mas- well, traditionally masculine yeah. traits. However, do you think that is probably the issue of why men's mental health is deteriorating so much, because we aren't able to talk about those emotions?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah 100%. When you put it like that, it is 100% that, that we live in a world where people keep saying, you should do this and, and you should show more emotion and you should be more in touch with your feminine side to make a joke of it but if blokes do that I'll tell you that i put a post on I don't really do social media i do mm. Twitter and i do Instagram but I'm very private on my account I put a a post on Instagram the other day and it said I have an overwhelming fear that people don't like me and in reality they're just being polite around me until I leave and it's that's how I feel sometimes. I feel that people don't actually like me and like they don't want me anywhere near them. and they've just been polite about me and as soon as I move they go, Fucking off they fucking stop. And I had that fear. And I put that post on Instagram. And within five minutes people were going, Yeah, I've never liked you. They you know what I mean? They just like Is that as a joke or is that you just don't, don't know, How do you right. interpret that? How do you interpret? And I don't that? know. I've no idea. Two or three people put it on and you sort of go, well, that's why men don't fucking talk, mate. Yeah, and, and,
0: and, yeah, I suppose it, it all adds as a barrier to wanting to talk or being able to talk because as soon as you find someone that says, you can't say that or don't do that, that instantly puts you off, doesn't it? Yeah. And that's why, that's why I think, especially in the suicide rates of men... Um, if they do, if they do reach out, if they do reach out, and that one time that they do reach out is rejected, they won't reach out again.
1: Yeah, it's that's the like likelihood. When I was in the back of the ambulance, when I was slashing wrists and I was back in the ambulance, the nursing staff made me feel like complete like and utter fucking saucer. But, 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 but that's that someone
0: like. that's someone from the health service. Yeah, actually that a, providing. That, you that with was an overworked
1: way. GP in the A and E. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> And
0: do you know, like even our health service now aren't suicide prevention trained. No, they're not. They're not. They're not. They're not even trained in it. So actually, no. a, an instance like that could still occur. Yeah.
1: Um. You know, Christ. I mean, the second time I tried to kill myself. Again, I find it quite a funny story. On I, I, I was, no, within a couple of months each other, I'd gone down this this progressive road of despair and, and depression, mm. and the only the way my thinking was the only way out was that everyone was better off about me I need to, I need yeah, to leave, I need yeah. to check out so after this healed up I went down, I drove down to um, Beachy Head now bearing in mind that I can't swim and I'm terrified of heights I couldn't have picked a worse place but I thought I know what i would do because I had it all planned out I'll do half a bottle of brandy, I'll do a bag of coke and I'll fucking fly off that cliff and I ain't going to feel anything <laughs> so I've driven up to Beachy Head and there's, like, a parking area. Mm. Where they've got some netting and some Samaritan squads walk around. But this is, like, sort of, like, half past midnight, so... And I've, no, I've done brandy, and I've done a coke, and I was, I can assure you I was stone cold sober. It had no effect on me whatsoever. And I was sitting in a car, and I'm thinking, fucking hell. Right, here we go. And I was terrified of my phone being found. I used to have an old Nokia 3310. And I was just about to take the back off and mm. take the SIM card out right. and throw the SIM card out so no one could find my phone. God knows why. And someone texted me and it was a, a girl from Gatwick and she just said, hello mate, haven't seen you ages, I've just come out of Bar Med. She's actually meeting up for coffee. So no <laughs> I sort of went, yeah, fuck it, come on in. And I, I was, I drove back. And, and, that, went, and that, that,
0: that stopped you from doing it all? Yeah, and we met up wow. in, we
1: met up in Gatwick Airport and, Wow. Poor girl, she thought. I thought, I thought she, she thought she's going to get a good night, but she's just got me laying in her arms, crying my eyes out. Jesus, for but two hours.
0: It just shows that actually one message like that, yeah, and she, to someone can, to, yeah. can can be the difference between them still being here and not. That's yeah, I, I, incredible. I, to
1: be honest with you, I don't think <laughs> I'm still. Not 100 certain. I you had would the have... bottles, even with all the coke and brand. But the thing I had all this coke and brandy, and I just stone cold sober. I didn't feel, and I just drove at the Gatwick for me. Because you were so,
0: you're probably so numb from from the entire situation. Oh,
1: I don't know what I was, mate. That was absolutely. Wow. That was horrendous. That was. Wow. And then I had to go and see the doctor, and I, again the doctor was absolutely obvious. And I spent another twenty years. Till 2014, and my third marriage broke up, and I went steadily downhill. And I had about three months off work, and I was on antidepressants like you. I was on antidepressants for about five years, uh, satellapram so and other right, sort yeah, of stuff. Right, yeah, yeah. And then, fucking um, So on, then,
0: take your time, if you need to see.
1: Um, yeah, I just like got worse. I were not getting better. And then I've got into the men's group, and I can't, I can't say it enough. that Absolutely changed your life. Changed it did. Wow. It did absolutely change my life. Yeah. Wow. It's, um, you know And
0: it was just from Stuart to Stuart. Just Sand. Stu, Stu coming round,
1: and he, he was working for Tesco then, I think. He was, a, he was, he, and he just just popped round, and he was always because me and Stu were army blokes, so we actually could talk to each other <laughs> about stuff that normally you wouldn't talk blokes wouldn't talk to each other about and i was like going about drinking and gear and this, and, the other, like. and he, said, mate, he said mate just come down the just come to the group and i did and we and are. you
0: didn't even have to say anything for a few weeks you just listened and yeah you, when you're ready to yeah. kind of take part that's
1: yeah it's sort of
0: when and i you, think that's that's the best thing to do you shouldn't ever force yourself into a situation the, the, the biggest thing of, that you did there is is actually getting there
1: it's yeah, actually getting it, there it was like and there's like guys because I always watch guys that come in now new guys are coming and they never the first week they always normally don't really say anything yeah when they start opening up other guys in the group start being very encouraging but they tend to sort of drown them out a little bit and I'm sitting there thinking let the boat talk because he's got a story so mm. there's a reason he's here yeah, and yeah. I want to hear the reason he's here I don't want to hear you telling him. Interrupting. And it's not a, that's not okay. a criticism. No, uh, no. Because they, yeah. they're doing it with best intent. But I, we've had a guy who's just come in the other day and he, he's finished university much the same as yourself. And he's very isolated, very lonely. Um, and that's all he's really sort of said. So there's a lot more to come. Yeah, of and, course. You know, yeah. And that's what I'm waiting And, and for. part of
0: that is that, uh, similar with you as well. That there's a lot more to come, but they'll they'll talk about it when they're ready to. Yeah. Um, and it's very important that that's how the group supports because, especially w- with men opening up about their, their their feelings and emotions, they need they need to be able to do it at their own pace and at their own time.
1: The the, the thing, the main thing about the group is it's confidential. It is very safe and it is very very supportive. You know, if you need help, there are professional people that they can steer you towards. Yes, yeah, yeah. But if you just need to go there and sit there alone with your thoughts, alone with uh, your feelings, and you just want to sit there for an hour once a week and chat to other blokes that are going through maybe the same thing or gone through similar experiences, then it's absolutely you know it's absolutely vital. Yeah, you know, I just wish more blokes would
0: do it. would be open to it, yeah.
1: But unfortunately, we've got this sort of stage, like, you know, I mean, I mean, what's the suicide? I mean, you know, the age group now for guys committing suicide, what is it, 20 to 35? Is that the biggest sort So it's th-
0: under 35s for both men and women. Suicide is the biggest killer now.
1: Yeah, I mean... F- f- you, yeah,
0: it's, it, yeah it's, it's speechless
1: almost. Yeah, you, you can't quantify that. Yeah. You you really can't. It's just, you know, it's an horrible situation and I don't really know what the answer is. I'm just like, you know, I'm just fucking fighting the man in the mirror. That's (laughs) why.
0: But actually, to be totally honest, that's what you have to do in order to be able to help, if I'm totally honest. You have to be, you have to have faced your demons and been able to become at peace or at least know how to manage it so that you can then help other people see the light as well.
1: Mm, Yeah, I don't know. I, I think because I because I'm like i still still fighting every day I get up I still want to drink and it's been like three years yeah. I still want to drink you know I've just got to, like sort of it's about it, but mate. that's
0: that's that's what can be so tiring that's what can be so difficult about having mental illness or mental health problems is yeah. that it is it is an internal battle that's that's ultimately that's ultimately what it is
1: it's yeah it's I don't know, I think you're asking more questions here, aren't it? you? Yeah. <laughs> it's really like, you know, it's sort of, alcoholics always, like, being alcoholic or, or an addict, some people don't consider it a mental health condition. Uh, it totally is. It totally is. I think it is. Because Me- addiction you're, is you're, a mental illness. Yeah. But some people rooms. don't see it. I just see they got a drink problem. You just or see it it's like
0: why, we, and that's kind of the response when people say, "Well, why don't you just stop?" And it's not as simple as that. <laughs> it's not, <laughs> and it's not as simple just as stop. that. Yeah, just stop. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, why, yeah. exactly. And and it's the similar when someone's depressed and they just say, "Well, just be happy." Like it's not. It's not that simple. Yeah. It's not well, that people, simple.
1: People do sort of come out with that. Advice yeah. Well, exactly. Well, can't you just like think happy thoughts? Yeah, yeah, (laughs) I do Yeah, yeah, Would it? No, I'll just lay here thinking happy thoughts. (laughs) That's going to spin me right out of that, Mum. Thanks very much, love. (laughs) (laughs) Were your parents supportive of you when you went through all your?
0: They were, yeah. And that's and support networks are an incredibly vital part of. Being able to really get better, I think, is that you need people around you to say that you can do this. We support you. Um, Of course, it's a shock because I always say that that they aren't medically or professionally trained to help with mental illness. So all they could kind of offer is their love and support and then ways that I could get help. And that's, that's the massive part of support and that's what people have to realise is that you won't necessarily be capable of helping them out of it, but you can guide them to a place that will help them.
1: One step at a time. Exactly. And if you're with them one step at a time, they might not need help if you just put your arm out now and again and they can hold on to it and go, right, I needed it then. Exactly. And I can move on on my own. Precisely. Until they get better or people get better people don't I don't know if people get better for mental health or not it's either you you learn to you learn to
0: manage it you learn to you identify it I mean I I I would say and I've been I've been kind of discussing this internally as well am I getting better or am I just learning how to manage it better and I would, I would happily say the suicidal thoughts have subsided a lot. That's,
1: that's such a good question. A I mean, lot. That, that is such a good question. You know, do you just manage it better? Because grief, matter. I
0: mean, grief, grief especially, you, grief just doesn't get any smaller. You just learn better ways of managing it and, and handling it and coping with it.
1: See, someone said to me the other day, or I read someone the other day, that grief is just love that you can't show anymore because that person's gone. And I thought... Wow. You know what, that like, sounds quite good to me because yeah. I, obviously Lucy you know, uh, killed herself 10 years ago. Now, I don't have a particularly close family and I, have a, I don't have any relationship with my son. So I can't imagine what Stu goes through. Mm. I can't imagine what it's like to lose a child that you love that much. I really like you know, how he copes every day. I have I've, I've such imagin- admiration for him, yeah. I really do. I, I can't I, you know I just can't fathom it I can't understand because I, I think the only person it's a I'm different hosting level is of, up yeah. yeah it's a different level of strength and
0: resilience and
1: yeah and he does just, he, don't get me wrong he has your time where he like has a bit of a, you know he, sitting there crying or, or whatever but, you know yeah fair enough mate you fucking talk
0: to yeah him. yeah yeah you know what I mean exactly
1: mate, it's soft here but a lot, a lot of time he's just really good it's, like, it's quite bubbly and he's quite happy and he has a lot of laughing and a joke with you and he tell you a funny story about something or, you know, this, you know, that and the other. And I think, Christ am I I, could fucking, I don't know what to do. <laughs> it's incredible,
0: isn't it? it yeah, is incredible. it really is. Um, we're almost getting time to finish. So i will bored you out. No, I'm not at all. Really <laughs> not at all. It's actually been <laughs> a fabulous conversation and thank you so much for everything that you've shared and all your insights. Um, and it would be incredibly valuable to people that watch and listen to this. Um, so, the last thing that we. What do you mean, watch? watch.
1: watch. I want camera. I want, are I want camera. On camera? <laughs> 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 Did you no. not notice that inside? <laughs> I was, well, got got a phone. Camera. But you're not <laughs> filming it, are you? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> That's evil <even> mode. <worse. laughs> really? So they go. Fuck you,
0: man, right? Um... So to finish on, uh, if, there is one, if there's one particular technique that you use to stay mindful um, and to stay present, what would, what would that be?
1: People get sick and tired of me saying this. This is my mantra. This is what I live by. And Flick, my boxing coach, will know exactly what I mean by this. You go to war with a man in the mirror and you don't come back to your fucking win. And every day I get up. And all you've got to be is the best version of that person in the mirror. That Forget everything else. Lovely, yeah. Everything else peripheral, forget it. That bloke there, the only person you've got to be is that bloke there. Because the only person who wants to drink is that bloke there. The only person who wants to take drugs and have negative thoughts and be an absolute twat is that bloke there. And that's all you've got to do. Just fight him. And the rest of it will fall into place. The rest of it will, you know, it's not... Your rest of your life's gonna be gravy, but the rest of it will fall into place. Beat him, because it's only you Well that said. does it to you. Well said.
0: Not very well thing. said. It's been an absolute pleasure, Mark. And thank you so you much. Thank much. Thank you so for much. Filming, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, and thank you all for watching and listening. <laughs> we'll see you next time on Sally's Open Conversation. Goodbye.